Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's the Autosport Podcast. We meet Ricardo Rossa, one of the most unfairly maligned drivers in the 1000 race history of the World Championship. Some drivers gain fame in Formula One for the wrong reasons, and our guest today is a driver who has, in many ways, been unfairly maligned for his three seasons in Formula One. A good chance to set the record straight and and hear the real stories behind a driver who wasn't able to show his ability in Grand Prix racing, even though there was a great deal of success in in other categories. I'm your host, Ed Straw, and my guest is Ricardo Rosset. How how good's my pronunciation there? That's great. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think it's great, but it's close enough. You can correct me later. Now, you, obviously, you raced for Footwork, Lola and Tyrrell from uh, 1996 to 98 in Formula One. Best known for the difficult time in Formula One, but you're also a driver good enough to win on your international F3000 debut, finish second in that championship, win in British Formula Three, multiple Porsche champion. So mm. clearly a, uh, a serious racing driver. So but before we get into that, I, I just need to ask you if you've still got a footwork in your in your garage. I have both now. I have the footwork and the churro. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I found both of them. Oh, that's uh, brilliant. And the churro, actually, uh, I found it uh, on eBay. For, 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 <laughs> it was crazy. A friend of mine sent me the link and the car was was on eBay. It was, it, 
now it was was turned to a show car because I only had the cockpit. But it's when I bought it and I brought it back home, uh, it came with my seat. And I was happy <laughs> enough that I could still fit on it. <laughs> Shows so, you for keeping yourself in So uh, uh, t- 20 years or so more than I was still, was a good, good feeling of sitting down, sitting in the car again. And I have both cars in my garage. Because you were, I, origin, I remember originally when you got the, uh, the, the footwork, there was an intention to race it, wasn't it? But I, I presume that proved a bit complicated. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I thought about it uh, to, to live it in England. I went to England. Uh, to see the car and and to see but uh, there's a lot of work to be done uh to the car to be able to race i mean and also the parts they 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 you have to manufacture new new wings because they they they're like airplanes they they have a life so you don't want to mess with the braking suspension or wings or anything else you know from one car so i thought about it but then the cost was uh, crazy and so then i decided just to bring home and leave it to rest <laughs> in the garage so you just go and look at them every now and again just as every a reminder day. Of yeah because it's uh I, I live in a house not not in an apartment uh, and i have a garage so i have both cars uh, i park my car just beside the, the the other two f1 so every day i i look at it i said uh, i've done that it was and my kids they can uh because they weren't born when i was racing so they get the chance just to see the cars and sit in the car and have an idea uh, how it looks like that's pretty have you got space for a lola if you can find one actually i found one uh but that doesn't bring much good memories for me <laughs> <laughs> and it was very expensive because uh, the one i found it was actually was running properly because what i was driving it didn't, it didn't actually <laughs> yeah, run exactly. so uh yeah, that, that was a, a bit too much to to i, I wanted to to find the 3000 car okay that, uh, yeah. that ended the f3 but i never found it Okay. Well, if anyone listening to this... Yeah, if someone uh, found my, my 3000 car, the Supernova, I'd love to have it. Excellent. I think that's brilliant. I'd love the fact that, um, obviously, you can have a memento, effectively, of, uh, of that time. I think that's, uh, that's really good. Well, my other guest is Autosport's longtime Brazilian correspondent, Lito Cavalcanti. Now, when did you first run into Ricardo? So you know all Brazilian drivers? Oh, I met Ricardo for the first time when he was... Uh, he was the wonder kid in Brazilian Formula Ford. He made a, a first season that was fantastic. And every team wanted him uh, for the next season. But he was clever enough to see that his way was in Europe, in England. I think the next season he was already doing Formula Opel in Formula Vauxhall because he went it was to Opel England. or the European, European Opel? The European. Yeah. The first one was European. European, European Opel. Yeah, but uh, he 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 would catch your eye at those days. He was really the most promising driver in his generation. Well, and as we saw, results in some categories show that. So let's let's get back down to. It. I mean, I guess the, the starting point is to go with the negative that you do certainly mm-hmm. in Europe have this reputation as a <laughs> as a bad Formula One driver. Obviously, your Formula One career didn't go as, as you'd hope. I mean, how do you, how do you feel about that? L- looking back, oh. Uh I, I don't feel any regret, I think. Uh, I mean, people that judge uh, one or another driver, they're not really there. They don't understand uh, everything that you went through or, or, or the difficulties that, that you you have to go through to, to, to perform. So in a way, they see the, uh, uh, a piece of paper with your 
your result and they judge you for that or maybe a mistake that you do. Uh, but sometimes you finish eight, it's a big victory. So they, but, but I understand as a fan, and I used to be a fan, and I'm, I'm a fan now, and uh, sometimes it's very hard. If you don't understand, I mean, today I looked some some drivers and I understand uh, what they are going through because I've been a driver, but if I look to another sport like foot, soccer or, or football or basketball and I just see the results, I don't understand what's going on there. So I'm okay with that, and I, I never felt... I mean, when I was racing, I, I, I used to get a little bit upset because I wanted to perform. I wanted to show I, I was was uh, what, what I was able to do. But uh, today, I have no no regrets, no no no, no hard feelings. <laughs> well, there's quite a few uh, things we'll we'll delve into there. So, go on. but Lito, I mean, how how sad is it when you see a driver who you know is capable when you see them in Formula One struggling because of circumstances often that aren't in, in their control? Well, uh, year after year, you learn that. There, there's no justice in motorsport. There's much more tears than happy moments. And But still, it broke my heart when I saw his destiny, When because I saw all his steps. I saw, uh, I followed sometimes in place, sometimes just for the news, and I knew what he was able of. But uh, when he made the upgrade to Formula One, um, I don't know, uh, when we saw the kind of material he was having, at first, when it was Tyrrell, we said, okay, Tyrrell, but it was not Tyrrell anymore. There was no more Ken Tyrrell. It was, pardon for the tough word, but it was a trap. And there was no way out. Uh, A driver uh, that can never, he can, uh, he doesn't, choose Formula One. Formula One choose him. And he has no right to say, no, I'm going to wait one more season. So there's no regret, Ricardo just said. There was no other chance. But it broke my heart, no doubt. Well, not the not the only driver to have suffered from that kind of thing. But let's go, go back to the formative years before Formula One, particularly in, in the UK, obviously, where I remember you from. Um, you did a couple of seasons in British F3. You were one of the few people who won a British F3 race that Jan Magnussen was in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, for example, Snetterton, I think, was it, if memory Snetterton, says. yeah. But then going on for 3,000. So at this point, it was all kind of going well. It maybe took you a little bit of time to find your feet in Europe. Yeah. I've seen, looking back, there were some reports that you were maybe a little bit, as a driver, a bit too aggressive at times, just had to calm everything down to, yeah. to find the pace. Does that tally with your I th- memory? I think uh, now, uh, looking, looking back, I think uh, to understand a little bit about me, you have to understand how it always started. Uh, I, I come from a family that there's no tradition in motor racing. So uh, I never had a chance to to drive when I was a kid. And I didn't start, uh, I started go-karting when I was 19. Today, uh, Max is starting Formula 1 with 17. So I started go-karting in Brazil ni- uh, when I started working and I bought my go-kart. So I fast forward all I had to go, to run. I had a dream when one day I could I could be a, a racing driver, and I I, uh, I start go karting. Straight away I had a lot of su- uh, success for someone that has so not not any experience, and then I moved to Formula Ford. Then in the same way I had to buy a car, uh, rent a truck, uh, had a small garage that someone w- was helping me. I didn't have a team, I didn't have any experience, and I went racing. 
and and I still could make some good results with that kind of and that caught attention from journalists from how this guy with I didn't have a a, a truck that uh, was a proper for a racing car. I had a truck to a transporter that transport uh, things that I got a sponsorship that it would throw the car inside. Uh, uh, and then that, that's when I, uh, I start racing. So every year for me was uh, everything new. So I did uh, go-karting, was everything new. Then I moved to Formula Ford that I had no experience whatsoever in, in Formula track, uh, didn't know the tracks, and uh, start racing with experienced drivers and experienced teams. And then uh, uh, a friend of mine that knew PTM was an European uh, Opel Lotus uh, uh, team. I went there to to a test. He said, "Well, you you have some talent. Why don't you go to Europe?" Because I mean, at that time I was like twenty or twenty, uh, something like that. And he said, "Well, don't waste your time. Just go there and do a test." And I went there and did a test, and it was very fast in Donington Park. And then they invited me to to do the the season, the European season. Maybe that was a mistake because I should have done the Vauxhall Championship in England. Because that European Championship was very competitive, wasn't it? It was very competitive. competitive. There was no testing and there was all support race for Formula 1. So you have no track time. You don't know the tracks. And and so, I mean, someone with only two years in uh, in motor racing, I had to, to sit in a car in Europe. I barely speak English at that time. I didn't know anyone. We didn't have internet at that time. So away from the family... Uh, and then I went to all the races for qualifying, straight to qualifying without knowing the track. So it was a very hard year. And then I decided to go Formula 3 race with Alan Docky. I, I, I thought, well, let's move to Formula 3 where I can live in England and do a lot of testing. So I did one year uh, with, with a route uh, chassis where the Rainers were dominating that year. And then the next year I, I did again with Dallara. And then I, I started making progress because I had one year of experience. Uh, and then uh, I uh, managed to, to win a race against Paul Stewart with a big, big uh, organization with Jan uh, dominating the, 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 the field. And then I moved to 3000. Uh, I did uh, some testing and I was very fast in, in a 3000 car. And then start the season, I have a couple of testing. And and I was uh, very successful. I mean, Silverstone, I, I put it on pole and won the f- the first race. I think no one have uh, ever done that. And in the second race, I finished second. So that caught attention. I said, wow. And that brought me confidence that I could do a job if I have equipment, a, a, a proper uh, competitive equipment, and time in testing because I, I need to get experience. By the end of the year, I, I was... Fighting with with Suspiri, which had like four years of experience, and he knew everything. So, uh, and he w- quite, was quite lucky because some races that I won, and he was back on the pack. The guys broke down or crashed, and he went making some point. I mean, he was a very good driver, very experienced driver. Uh, and in the end, we came down f- uh, fighting for the championship, and then came the first uh, opportunity to race Formula One, which was Arrows at that time. Uh, I only had a chance to go Minardi or Eros. And I spoke with both of them. Eros was in England. I knew how to work with, with, with uh, in England. And I thought maybe it was better to, to race Eros. 
And then I start racing with arrows with, with Jos Verstappen, Max's father. And I mean, he was very experienced. He was very fast. And uh, the team had no money uh, whatsoever. Then Tom Walkinshaw bought the, the team. So we, we went through this. This, uh, this period was very hard for the team. And uh, they, they only had money for, actually for one car or maybe. We went to Monaco, we didn't have spare parts, so uh, Jos crashed and uh, they didn't let me do warm-up in the wet. Because remember that race that everyone crashed in Monaco? I think Panis won that race, only six cars finished. We, uh, we had the, the whole weekend in, in a dry and then we came to, uh, on Sunday morning, start to rain. And I put my my over my my stuff and I went to to the car. He said, "No, you're not you're not doing the the, the warm up." I said, "Why not? I, I never. Uh, I, I, this is my first time in Monaco and it's wet. I've never dr- uh, driven in wet, especially here." He said, "Yeah, but uh, yours crashed yesterday. We don't have spare parts. If you crash in warm up, you don't start." So I start the race in wet. Never, never uh, haven't done, done one lap in the wet. I'm just saying, show, uh, saying that just to understand how hard it was. I mean, tracks that I didn't know uh, was were new for me. Not much time in the car. The car used to break a lot. So the result didn't come. And uh, all the bet was on the, 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 at the time, the best driver, the, the mo- most experienced driver, which was Jos. Uh, so it was a hard time. And this is something that it doesn't happen so much in Formula 1 these days where you get kind of an imbalance such a big imbalance within a team where you have they're only really able to run one car and the second car is a little bit of a yeah. um i just sort of put it on the grid type of thing and that's that's the difficult thing isn't it when you've you've got a car that you know doesn't have the same performance how do you how do you work out what pace you should be doing you know a driver like yoss is very quick mm-hmm. but what's the what's the offset there's no way of knowing is there yeah i mean uh we had to, we had to do uh, uh, I had to, to push as hard as I could and and, and be as close as, as to him as I was. If, uh, I remember in Brazil was I think in qualifying I think just a couple of tens uh, from him, which is a circle that I knew. Uh, so for me it was I mean it was a victory because I mean uh, he was, was the beginning of the season, and then something that people don't don't understand as well. Uh, I I went for the first race in Adelaide. And in Melbourne, sorry, with arrows, I only done 30 laps in Estoril with the car. That was all my experience in Formula One. I did only 30 laps, like shakedown, to go to Melbourne, and then I went straight to the race. So imagine you, you never have any experience. And and, and Formula One is a, it's a different car. It's I mean braking, acceleration, uh, downforce. It's a completely new game. So and I finished eighth. So it was and in Brazil I, I qualified a couple of times from from yours. Uh, in the race I was pushing Eddie Irvine uh, in wet. Then I crashed in, in São Paulo. Was wet and I was behind the Ferrari pushing the Ferrari. Uh, so I mean when I had the condition I could perform. But from then on was 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 a downhill because the team started to go bankrupt and we had a lot of problems. Then Tom bought the team and put a little bit of money just to make sure that, that they, we finish the season. By the end of the year, uh, I, I was unemployed again. Uh, got a chance to go to Lola, which it was a <laughs> well. We'll we might get onto Lola. Well, we will get onto Lola in in detail in a minute. But I just wanted to bring Lee, uh, you and Lito 
looking at it, obviously you you always follow Brazilian drivers very closely. The fact you have Ricardo showing so well in three thousand, uh, and we should stress, you know, you're absolutely right that Suspiri was the veteran in that category. So you had a driver who was on this great trajectory, and then having this difficult first season. Was it was it sort of clear from the way you were watching it that it was it was just not a condition that was able that Ricardo was able to show what he could do? Yes, for sure. Uh, people who knows what motorsport motor is about knew quite clearly it it was it was really clear what was happening. Uh, people that was had already uh, made an opinion about him. People that uh, knew his results knew also what had happened because uh, he was not the first driver to to get to Formula One. Um, in the wrong, the wrong car, in the wrong team, and we had seen it before, but uh, nothing had been so dramatic as it was being with him. And well, people who knew knew, but it started to kind of destroy his his reputation, and so to find money, to find a, a good space in press, and when you're talking press, about press in Brazil, uh, it's a very, very small, specialized uh, media, people who really know about motorsports. So he was a victim of this situation, and we saw no way out. And just, uh, I know I keep stressing this, but I think F3000 was probably the high point uh, of your career in Europe. And you look at the, the drivers, and Mark Goosens was third, not that well remembered now, but he was a factory driver. The one Kenny Brack, huge yeah. amount of success in America. Yeah. It's also Marquez, who doesn't have the best reputation, but he was a quick, quick driver. And um, he Alan probably, McNish was the, yeah, Alan McNish was a, so you know this this is a this is a proper well, yeah, it's a proper a, grid. A pro- yeah, it's yeah. a proper field. You know, it's not a, yeah, and a and, and it was very experienced field as well because uh, three thousand. It's 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 again a big step from Formula Three at that time. Uh, and 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 not many races and but I had a good uh, then I had a good car I think car was competitive and uh, so it's a proper field and for me that's why I think caught us some attention uh, how someone like with so little experience could come in and put on pole and win races and I mean if he's finished first second and second race first and again on the third race so it started really really uh, was amazing and. Uh, but then it came like some races like Paul that uh, Paul uh, actually I won Anna Perguza Paul that I didn't finish well was was a street race it was the first time I, I I drove a car in a street race like a three thousand car so Suspiri I think he won that race and it was hard hard race but anyway it, it was uh, was uh, a good season and then when I came to Formula One it was a different ball game uh, completely uh, different and I, I, I always say with new drivers one thing is testing another thing is a uh, Grand Prix driver when you have like your camera in front of you you have critics uh, critics in front of you don't have time in the car the car is so complex so you have to deal with a lot of engineers and and, and people and uh, uh, any young you don't have experience it, 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 it's uh, it's hard because then the pressure it's huge and and even from the manager from the press from the sponsors uh, you have to perform and suddenly if you if you start not to perform i mean everyone will say well 
he's no good uh, they, because I mean they 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 look for another one uh, let's uh, get rid of this one and get another one because the, the, there's so so many drivers trying to get in that uh, they they will try to to get rid of you very quickly. Yes, and the the the, the amazing thing is that the good seasons he had had before became uh, as a bad thing when he went to Formula One because there was uh, a big expectation. Well, the higher you go, the harder you fall. And uh, without the right knowledge, Brazilian people expect all Brazilians to go to Formula One and be at least world champion. <laughs> If not, you're no good. You know, and things were going the right way for him until he reached Formula One. And then when things started to go to go bad, the bad way there, there was no one uh, to explain why things are, were going wrong. And if you ask the team manager, the team owner, anyone in the team, well, the driver is no good. My car is at least as good as every other car. That's not true. And well, to pick up on the point you made about the, the move to Lola, obviously we've seen drivers have difficult first seasons. Maybe a move to a new team can work, but everything about the Lola project <laughs> yeah. was ultimately wrong. They had to come in a year earlier than they originally intended, mm -hmm. basically to make sure they, they got the entry. So how did that all come about? And at, at what point did you realize that things were, were heading in so badly the wrong direction there? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, after the, the, the arrows... Uh, The only the only place that, that that came came in was was Lola was the only chance that I had to continue. Uh, in the beginning, it seemed to be very good because I mean it was a new team, but Lola is it was a traditional uh, manufacturer. They had an F1 car on the grid only a few years earlier. Yeah, with, yeah. it wasn't a great one, but they showed they could do it yeah. with uh, Scuderia Italia in '93. Yeah, and we knew that was I mean we were going to be the back of the pack, but I mean it was was a survival another year of survival. Maybe the project could go well. Apparently they had a lot of money. When I visited the factory, the I mean, Mastercard was involved, and and there was a lot, a lot of merchandising and uh, marketing and everything. And I, I, that I didn't even see that in in Arrow. So I said, well, they they have a lot of money because they were spending a lot of money with everything. Uh, then we were impressed, but then uh, the cars the car starts to get late to to try to test, and again. The car was never done, was never ready, never ready. And the first time we drove the car was in in the first free practice in in Melbourne again. So I thought that that's my uh, that's the way it is for me. I always get the car like last minute, and always being like that is strange. Isn't from Formula Three, uh, not for thousand, but uh, even in Brazil when I came back, it was like that. But anyway, I, we we came for the first race, and the car wasn't working, wasn't even changing gears. So uh, the first few practice, uh, we didn't, we couldn't change the gear. The car would get stuck in gear, and then we thought about maybe putting, imagine, put a, a manual gearbox, and, and that was not possible. In the end, we didn't qualify. We didn't qualify for that race, and then we came to Brazil, and and we didn't even run the car. The, 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 well, I should say, I was just looking at the Australia qualifying times. That was your teammate Vincenzo Sospiri, so uh, yeah, you're yeah. your three thousand teammate, and the. 11 12 seconds off the pace you know you could have yeah. 
you could have halved the gap and you'd still not qualified. So it was yeah, yeah. yeah. Abs- I mean, I, mean, I qualified, I think, in fourth and fifth gear. I only had two gears, and then even my gap between me and Suspiri was not something that you could measure because uh, one car would work, the other car wouldn't work, and then the other car would work. I mean, we were trying to to, to make the car work. I mean, twelve seconds behind the pace, <laughs> the car's not working. And so when you got to the next race, was it Brazil the next race? Brazil, or, or yeah. Brazil. So if memory serves, the cars did, the team got there. And the, yeah. the, the, in terms of the kick, the cars yeah, got I, there. I came, I, I, came, I, came, I, I thought everything was good. And they, talking to them, because we flew from direct from, from Melbourne to, I flew from, direct to, to, from Melbourne to Brazil because it was a home race. And they went back to the factory and talking to them on the phone. Oh, no, we are going to fix it. Everything is going to be all right. Uh, Okay, I turned turned to the turned up. I think it was Thursday to the track, or, uh, with, with everything like ready to to go, and then uh, <laughs> they said uh, we're not gonna race. I said, what do you mean? And then uh, they they seized the, the box uh, and and the garage, and they said uh, uh, we went bankrupt. So, what do you mean bankrupt? I said, yeah, it, uh, the team is. It's it's not gonna raise the championship. So for me, it was like a shock because I, I didn't expect that everything seems to be all right. I mean, the car wasn't all right, but the car was getting there. And we knew it was going to be a hard season, but for suddenly not racing was crazy. So this is basically when you're almost in the pa- when you're in the paddock ready to go, and so this is sort of Thursday, Friday, yeah, time you really realize. And it was crazy. I mean, I, for me, it was uh, it's it's disappointing after disappointment because I I, I finished the, the aero season. Uh, where I was very disappointed, also with the prof- professionalism of of them, uh, the way that the, the things were done, uh, I thought for a moment was much higher level. And then uh, I was disappointed with them. And then came came Lola, and it was even worse. I said, "This is for one. This is crazy." Uh, so that I then that was it. I was out of the, the, that season. What did you make of that Lola? debacle Lito was it did anyone really notice it in Brazil or was it just another unfortunate chapter yeah the, the first the first uh, thought everybody had I think I at least had it well it's a works team they have a huge name they must honor this things didn't happen when it started like the way it started in Australia you know that everybody was already seen foreseen what what how it would go but nobody expected the bankruptcy that came here and it was i don't know it's quite a deception but there was an expect expectation it was i think that at the time the biggest motor uh, motor racing car manufacturer i think it was i think there was no yeah. one as big as them and the team went bankrupt. And it sounds, Ricardo, like you, you do think there was real potential there in that. Mm-hmm. In that team. If, the, if the money kept flowing, clearly they were trying to do things professionally and you're confident they could have sorted the car and although it was always yeah. going to be a season at the back, it was at least a foundation. Uh-huh. So that, you know, that there, was, there was something there. It wasn't a... Yeah, a, a, they, a they, they joke from the start. If you see what I mean. Yeah, they saw they they they, they uh, told us uh, and they sold the project to, to the drivers and, and also that uh, they had the money from from Mastercard and they were going to finance the the, the 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 team. 
in the end, uh, I found out that that was not the deal. The deal was that they had a credit card uh, with their name. And as much credit card they would sell and they, people start spending, part of the money would finance the team. And uh, so maybe they advanced the money a little bit in, ahead so they could start. And then once the money starts to flow, that will finance the team. Uh, but I, I think after the first race, they, they look at it and said, oh, this is not going to work. So they pull out. Well, that was that. And <laughs> I was out. <laughs> yeah, but basically, just looking at the, the you know the car, notwithstanding the fact certain elements weren't working, did it? You know, it, it looked like a proper F one car. It was, it, it looked uh, like something that could grow into something. Yeah, it was very own. simple. I would say it was. It was not a very fancy racing car. There was a lot to to develop. I think uh, would have been a, a back of the pack car for sure. Well, that was a project like for few years to develop. To I think they wanted to. I think they weren't ready for that but since they got a deal with mastercard they said well let's do it put something to work and then with years we we we, we start spending and getting a new car it was not i think they they they, they thought it would have been easier than it was for them and then it didn't work well, this obviously leads into the the tyrrell opportunity in 98 well i think actually it's the tyrrell year probably that people associate you with yeah it's kind of at the heart of the reputation but so had that come about i guess if we go back to the Brazil paddock, you realize uh, everything's gone wrong there. So um, I guess immediately you're looking towards next year and what's a good opportunity. And then I guess Tyrrell was in a weird situation because it had been bought by British American mm-hmm. Tobacco to be BAR. Yeah. But certainly the, the Tyrrell team wasn't built up into BAR. It was the, the BAR team was sort of built separately from it with yeah. with the entry. So it was in this weird wind-down year. So how, how did this all come about? I got that, that seat because of Reynard. Uh, and because of the 3,000 job that I did for them. Uh, once they, they did that, the BAR, which was an association between Tiro, uh, British Tobacco, and, and uh, Reynard, uh, there was, I mean, one of the driver was Takagi, that was, was already signed. And, uh, and, the, and the other driver was between me and uh, the Argentinian... Uh, Fontana. Oh, yeah, yeah, Fontana would have been around at the time, yeah. yeah. He was did, almost did a few signed. Races for yeah, he was almost signed. And then uh, I, I spoke with, with Reynard, and they, said they, they trusted me because they, they, they knew. I work a lot very closely to, to Reynard developing the 3000 car. So they knew what I was able to do. And then they, they pushed a bit hard for me to drive there. But Tiro wanted Fontana, and Reynard wanted me. And in the end, uh, I got the seat, and they were not very happy. Uh, so, well, we started the season, and, and uh, the car wasn't very good. It was a very uh, simple car again. Uh, and then I had I had the team against me because, in the end, I I, I understood what's going on. They the, because of this BAR uh, future. There was uh, Chiro wanted to get. Uh, to get a Honda, if I not remember, from from uh, Nakajima uh, for the new BAR project. The BAR would would run a raw Honda engine, so that's why the Takagi was there, and uh, his manager uh, Nakajima. They were they were doing like a, a double side uh, agent there because they they were trying to make Chiro with Honda uh, 
with Takagi and, and uh, Harvey Posters Wade and and all the the, the guys from Chiro. So they wanted them. They wanted him to look very good, and uh, so uh, I mean, I was someone, someone not very welcome. But we started the season, and the car was very good. Uh, uh, was very hard. It was very hard. We didn't have much money. All the the, the people from that wanted to do the the uh, BAR from this side, from from Rain and, and and BAT, they were thinking and putting the money for the new project for the next year. And I was left uh, with the Tiro, thinking, well, maybe we can get that that, that Honda deal and and continue as, as we are. So it was a mess, really. And the car wasn't very good, and I was was not performing. Uh, was a very hard year. <laughs> there's there's a, a famous video that always goes around on um, on social media every now and again from Monaco when yeah. you're you're kind of trying to haul the car. And you had the, the spin into swimming pool and then the unfortunate attempt to, yeah, yeah, <laughs> to recover it. And, that, and that's, the, that, that's probably the thing that has the single biggest impact on, on yeah. your reputation yeah, now, isn't it's, it? It's something that people don't, don't, don't see what's going on inside the car. Uh, first, that, that was that crash with, with uh, Villeneuve uh, that in practice that he came in. Uh, I didn't see him. I mean, I was on my lap and, and I mean... He came I mean, on a qualifying lap as well, and he he tried to overtake me on the exit of swimming pool. I I didn't even see the car. I mean, it was crazy that he would imagine he could, could overtake me there. So we crashed, and there was a lot of uh, press at that time. And then in, in the, the other lap, I I spun. Uh, actually, it was not a big spin, but I spun, and I tried to uh, to do uh, to spin out from there. But my clutch wasn't very wasn't working very well, so what I uh, we, we used to have the clutch on on the steering wheel, so I pressed the clutch, uh, cycled first gear, and the car started to roll even with with the clutch pr- uh, pressed, and I I couldn't really uh, rev the engine and let the clutch go, so I could spin it back. So as soon as I I pressed the clutch and selected first gear, the car started to move, and I, I couldn't make the spin. So that. That's why it looks so bad. But uh, in the end, the clutch wasn't working. That was the problem. Of course, you've got no space at a track like yeah, that. Yeah, we don't have space. And you really have to spin it like on, on, on yourself. In, uh, but if the, the clutch is, isn't working, you cannot do that. And we, I remember every time we came in, we have to have a compressor that would put compressed air into the, into the clutch. And so the car wasn't very good, really. And uh, so people look at it and say, "Wow, the guy doesn't know how to spin." <laughs> if, if you do so much, so much, uh, you know how to spin. It, it was it was a matter that the clutch wasn't working. So it looks bad on TV, but what can I say? That's the way it is. But you can see the pain of it as well, because the, uh, the footage you are behind the barrier and you're sort of. Yeah. cursing it because obviously because you've been, you've been trying be- as hard as you can just just to haul it into the under yeah. one of those seven percent. And yeah. then just this other thing goes against you, and you're probably aware that you're looking a bit stupid. But, yeah, but, well, no, but, but I, I was upset because I didn't qualify. I knew that that was it. Uh, that was uh, the chance to qualify, and I want, once I didn't didn't make manage to make the car go, I, I knew that was I would be disqualified. I was not worried what was, was looking on TV because I have no idea. Uh, the problem is I I couldn't do the spin. And then I couldn't get a lap, and then I was disqualified. So I was as upset that I, I got disqualified. Uh, but anyway, 
at the time, did you get any journalists asking about it? Because, for example, now if something like that was on TV live, it would go around on social media straight away and it would be, oh, look at this idiot. And then what we would do uh, yeah. for, for Autosport and Motorsport.com is we'd go and ask and say, right, can you just talk us through what happens? And then there'd probably be a, yeah. a story with you explaining what you just explained mm-hmm. there. And, you know, not every, only some people would read it, but at least there's a chance to, to say know, uh, that, what, yeah. that this is the reality of it. What, what would what sell more? Uh, what, what, the journalists, as, as Lito said, the journalists, uh, they, they, will, they will sell the story and uh, making me look uh, stupid will sell more than, than really publishing what, what was happening. Today, I think we have a tool that we didn't have there, which is a direct conversation between the driver and the public, which is the... the uh, your your internet, your, your your social media. You you can you can uh, you you can have your own channel to explain or to say everything you want to say, and people will react directly with you. Uh, so I think the journalists have to respect that because if they publish something wrong, you can say what what's going going on. So you have today. I think it's it's more like a fair game because you you have you have your own channel to to tell the story. At that time, I mean, uh, they want to tell the story. I mean, wh- when I crashed with with Villeneuve, uh, even a Brazilian journalist came came was publishing bad things about me. I said, "Why didn't you come to ask me what happened?" Just because you like Villeneuve and you want uh, you want to be close to him because he was a world championship and you want to, so you 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 like making fun of me, but you don't know what happened. Why don't you come? Uh, he didn't want to talk to me. So, uh, and same happened with him uh, in Brazil. And I, uh, f- a lot of years later, after Felipe had his crash and he hit his, uh, 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 the, the spring hit his head, the first time he came back, I saw him uh, uh, on the track and I was driving to the track and he was live on, 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 on the radio and saying, ah, you know, Philippe is not the same because he had this spring and he'll never drive the same. I know how it is. And I walked into the track and said, why, why are you saying that? Did you talk to him? No, no, I don't need to talk to him. I've been doing this for a long time. And I said, well, Mika Hakkinen was unconscious for a long time and he won the championship. Uh, so you cannot judge him. Talk to him. I don't think that's the problem. You're not in the, in the car. You're not driving the car. You don't know what's happening. How can you... S- start saying that out and loud for everyone that the, uh, he's he's limited now. So, but that's that's the way it is. But it's always a fascinating thing, especially with the drivers who aren't talked about so much, to try and understand what was going on. I have to, I have to ask you later. Like, what what were you saying at the time? Were you one of these troublesome troublesome uh, Brazilian journalists? No, he always <laughs> he always helped me. <laughs> Lito always finds the the right story to publish. <laughs> I, th- I think the problem is a, a, an arrogant um, position from the journalist. You know, he forgets that he's not there to shine. He's there to bring the truth to the reader. But people think they are God and do things like that. And Well, where is these journalists nowadays? I think in the end, they, 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 in the long term, the people know... Who's who's telling the the right stars and who's because they, they they are powerful because at the time they were more powerful because they had their own channel and they could say whatever they say and that would become 
the, the, the autosport on the next week and that's it. That's what people read. Today you have, you know, the driver has their own channel and they say everything and probably the journalists had to follow the driver and if they publish something wrong, uh, the driver will, will tell the, the true story. And I think if you make a mistake, you make a mistake and, and sometimes it happens. Uh, you, it's, it's not very easy to be <laughs> a racing driver. Uh, no, absolutely not. No. Um, so coming back to that season, obviously there were a number of races where you weren't able to qualify. It was clearly a, a very hard season to uh, yeah. to, to get through. But you, you know, you, you got through it. But it, I guess it was fairly clear that the F one opportunities were, were drying up at, yeah. at that point. Yeah, there's another thing there uh, that people don't remember. We were running uh, Goodyear tires, and everyone else. I, I was a test driver for Bridgestone in the Arrows. And uh, when I came to Tiro, I said, uh, I tested the, t- the tires and I've been doing a lot of testing for, for the tire. The, the Bridgestone tire is much better at the time. Uh, and I said to, to, to the Tiro team and said, no, 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 uh, Tiro has always been with, with Goodyear. We're not going to change. But, uh, but then that tire was only Ferrari had the Goodyear was Ferrari and Tiro. And the rest of the pack was, were running on Bridgestones. But that tire was made for Ferrari. Uh, that, uh, so we couldn't generate temperature. The car wouldn't work, really. And I remember talking to the, 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 the engineers in the, bo- in, in the pit. I said, you have to, 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 to generate more heat. Uh, Ferrari is generating so much heat, and you're not, not even close to that. Of course, with so much more downforce as well. So, so much, much more energy through the Yeah, so much, so much more power and so much more downforce. Uh, of course, they were, they were generating heat. So that... That compound would work for Ferrari, wouldn't work for us. On uh, the other hand, the Bridgestones were made for all the packs, so it was a much better tire for our car. But, I mean, again, I was racing Goodyear. That's what I had to do and was not even close. So even I wasn't qualifying. Takagi qualified a few times, but it was not that much difference. Uh, w- once we were testing, we, he was not fast uh, sometimes I was faster than him sometimes he was faster than me but came to the race I don't know if they have better equipment you know it's it's hard to to, to know to know what was going on for sure they weren't behind me anyway and they won they wanted uh, uh, would make sense that I look stupid and he was a hero because they were trying to to get that deal so if, if he was quicker than me or if I didn't qualify and he qualified uh, well, he was a good driver and I was a bad driver, so that makes sense to, to, to get Honda behind him. And there's one there's one other fa- famous thing that's always said about the 98 season I have to ask you about, which relates to the team not being behind you, which was this, I don't know whether it's true, this this story that on the, the name on the car, they transposed the first and last letter of your surname comes out as a fairly, a fairly insulting term. Um, uh, I mean, that... It sounds like the kind of thing that people say happened but didn't. <laughs> I mean, you, I imagine you'd remember it if it happened. Ah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Did, did that happen or was it just one of those things I think they say? made it up. I, I never saw that. I never saw that on the car, maybe behind the scene, the, 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 the mechanics, yeah, yeah. And, and they were saying that. I, 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 remember, I remember something like that. But uh, I, I never saw that on the car. Hmm. I think they wouldn't do. A, they wouldn't stick on the car. If they no. did, I didn't see it. No, it'd be fairly, uh, fairly unprofessional. Yeah. But you know, c- I don't doubt it. But <laughs> you know, uh, but, I mean, the, the I guess the character needed to get through that season and yeah, and know that for the third year you've got an impossible situation. So I guess 
at least you, you saw it through to the end of the season and yeah well they actually tried a, a test driver i think was i don't, I don't remember if it was that oh season. did uh tom, did christensen. tom christensen yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was there was a time that, that uh, I think was money course they uh, they said oh that's it if you don't perform uh, we have Tom here to, to drive the car uh, and so we're gonna go to money and, and uh, we're gonna if he's faster than you you uh, you're out and he was with the same car I was faster than him he, he drove my car so was I say okay same conditions we we, we do that we, we went to Manicor. Uh I don't I don't remember he was first on the car or I was out of the car but we just changed seats and we had same kind of tires and no change in the setup uh, or just little things for each driver and no major things so I was quite faster than him I think three or four tenths quicker than him so so what happened at the end of the Tyrrell year was it was it just Clear, you had to move on. Yeah, but by that time, uh, I had so much uh, disappointment uh, for the way the things were done, like things that I just talked about uh, professionally. And I said, "Well, I'm risking my life here. I, I, I have, I, I had a right to start my company in Brazil. I have a life to to, to live, and I have, uh, uh, I was married by that time." I didn't have any kids, but I, have, I was married. And I said, if I, it's like a dead end. I mean, I'm pushing here in Formula One, trying my best, putting effort, finding sponsor, risking my life. And what I get back is like people uh, like criticizing and not, not really willing to help. And I'm risking my life here. Uh, so I think it's, it's time to go time to leave because it's not very I was very uh, disappointed that it wasn't very professional at that time it was really bad I mean every team that I moved it seemed that things was was uh, going downhill so then I decided to go back uh, here and, and work in my company and, and, and build my life I think I made the right decision in the end. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to work we should say later you're probably well placed to introduce this that Ricardo then did have quite some success racing in, in Brazil presumably kind of for fun but but very yes he, very good he, level he came back and he started in well I'd seen at the beginning of Porsche Cup was no, it I, I came back in, in GT that was that was something oh yeah, yeah. GT cars GT car the GT3 GT. with, with uh, Walter Salles yeah. the 4 GT that's yeah. 2008 yeah. I feel at the end of the season I said uh, you know I have to get away from motor racing. I have to concentrate and do a, a, a new life. And I'm not going to race uh, anymore. So I spent 10 years not even driving a, a racing car. And then I got a, my, my, my personal trainer that is still with me since 94. He, he called me up and said, you know, there, there's a chance. You can, uh, do you li would like to drive a GT car? I said, why not? No, oh, you do a... Uh, uh, to driver there was this new the 4GT and it's not very nice uh, I said okay well let's do it uh, with with Walter the the, the filmmaker uh, but he's a very good driver they invited me to to, to do the race uh, to, to do a season and I went I didn't know how I was going to drive how I was, go I was going to react if I was going to be fast it was 10 years later 
and uh, I got the car for the first race with no testing again. <laughs> and so that, that's my life. I mean, again, <laughs> you weren't were qualifying in fourth and fifth gear only. No, I put on four. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I said, I don't, that that's my destiny because I said, okay, but I, I need to do some testing. I need to get because it's been a long time. No, no, the car is going is is arriving. The car is arriving. Our car in the end, the car arrived and was ready for the first free practice. I said, well, it's been 10 years, let's start it again. And it's a very fast track. And the car was very fast. And uh, I did some practice and everything went back to me like straight away. And uh, in the end, I put it on pole and we won the race. And we almost won the season in the end. But we had some engine failure, but we were, we were second in the championship. But am I wrong? Um, I think that in the last race... Uh, your opponent was also your team leader, yeah. and he touched your teammate exactly. from behind, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stabbed in the back once again. That's yeah, what that's yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, uh, we were in the two car team. W one of the cars were from from the guy that owned the the team, and uh, we were the, like the second car, and and then in the end we came fighting and they because we were what to drive a race uh, and then they, they push him off but you did go on to win certainly the porsche cup you won yeah was won it three times three times then then i'm uh 2000 then i did some i did 2008 then 2009 i did some race then 2010 I, I went to do the porsche cup in brazil uh and uh and then that race that first championship there was some experienced driver one of them was uh barros alexander alexander barros of course the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the bike motorbike a good friend and uh i fight we fought for the championship i won that championship so i won 2010 2011 i was leading the championship i had a bicycle accident that i broke my 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 shoulder uh, in the middle of the season, I was leading the championship middle of the season that I fell from the bike. And then to from 2011 and 2012, I had, I had a surgery. I was recovering for that. Uh, and back 2013, I won again. And uh, I won in 15 again. So that uh, was very, very, very good fun. Uh, because then same car, everything exactly the same, same team. No, it was really enjoyable racing. And so, and so you uh, you officially retired. Now, I know you've you've you had a couple of stock car outings, if memory serves. I did. I did some uh, uh, some gas driving because uh, uh, stock car. Uh, they did some some uh, racing, like uh, you invite a guest uh, to drive. So uh, I did one uh, uh, one with Burti, that race. Uh, I, I did two races uh, for for gas. One of them I didn't get to drive because the car broke down before I I got to drive it, and one with 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 Luciano. I, I don't remember how we finished, or but it was good fun. I I never driven a a, a, st a stock car. It's 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 a different experience. It's nice. Yeah, and a very competitive series as well. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, only, but I we had also. Uh, those drivers come coming to to race Porsche Cup because we had endurance, so we have PK, we had all the, the stock cars and and uh, coming to drive uh, uh, in our endurance. And I mean, we were very competitive. I mean, sometimes they're quicker, sometimes we are quicker. So the level was was really good. 
but it's a different thing. I mean, you're racing. Uh, I was racing because I wanted. I was having fun. And uh, but then they changed the championship again, the, the rules. So now you you have to carry weight. So I've, I won the last championship. I won because it was starting to get like handicap. So uh, when you lead the championship, you have to carry 50 kilos. So that will push you back on the grid. And then I said, nah, if I, I want to, I want now I, I can choose to race for fun, and I want to 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 race to have a pleasure of, of driving the car. Once you put like 50 kilos in the car, and the car is not competitive, and I start fighting. This was it's not it's not good fun. So I, I didn't retire officially. I, I stopped for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so still available if uh, yeah, still available so. if we have a, a good car. <laughs> Always. Well, I guess we should we should start to wrap up. But Le- Lito, perhaps leave you to have the the conclusion. I mean, we've heard all the the problems <laughs> that Ricardo had during his Formula One career, and the and it, and it does seem fair to say the reputation he's got is 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 gross. Okay, I think probably all agree. You weren't going to be world champion, but Mm-hmm. 30 32 33 drivers have been world champion there's not yeah, yeah. there's not many of those but you know a, a, a driver with, yeah, with genuine th- ability i think i think that's it i think he could have done much better than he had the chance to do but i think he didn't have the chance uh, because you don't have two chances and when they call you you've got to go but uh, i think it was a waste of a, a very good uh, career and a career that proved itself in the right way, um, in the right direction uh, since the the base. But that's Formula One. And nowadays, uh, I when I think of him, of his career, I can see uh, a correlation with what happened with Stoffel van Dorn, a driver that was shining intensely until he made it to Formula One. In his first race, he beat Jenson Button, you know, and he went to McLaren. McLaren was not good, and he's out of Formula One. I see there's a correlation between Ricardo and Stoffel. I guess finally, Ricardo, I mean, we started with you talking about the Tyrrell and the Arrows in, in your garage that you like to look at every day. You're not tempted just to go in and kick them after uh, all no. that. I mean, it's, it's great that you can be positive about and look back because ultimately you did I was going to say three seasons in Formula One yeah. but two full seasons plus the the, the Lola yeah. debacle which is still quite something isn't it and it's good that you can look back and despite everything we've talked yeah. about take satisfaction in, in that yeah I, th- I think uh, 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 it's not the car's fault uh, it's, it's people uh, I mean uh, the cars is there I mean uh, I always I thought and all my pleasure always was the driving pleasure of, of, of the business I was not a, uh, a guy that wanted to be uh, famous or things like that, and you don't see me on social media. I'm like re- really uh, low profile, yeah. So even in my company, I, 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 I'm not the guy that wants to be famous and to be on newspaper. Uh, I was, but I always enjoyed the pleasure of driving, and from a, uh, driving a Formula One car is such an experience. So uh, I, I love the uh, I, I I was very grateful that I had the chance. Not many people had this chance, and I know a lot of good drivers in the way that Brazilians that could have done better, even better than me, uh, if they had the chance. So uh, that's life. I mean, uh, I was always grateful in life for what I had. So 
I had a chance. I did it. I, I, at least I sleep and I say, and I think I did my best, uh, the best I could do, and I put my life in risk when I had to. Uh, I pushed as hard as I could. I know that I pushed as hard as I could, even. I mean, conditions or the car was not very good or there was a risk of braking. I, I pushed to a limit that I, I was really risking my life. So there was not much I could do after. Uh, so in the end, you, you, you have to, choose, to, to also... was always my approach, even in racing. I always trust the destiny. Uh, I trusted that I wouldn't get killed because I thought maybe it's not my destiny to get killed in a car. I always... That was my, my, my motivation to sit in the car and, and and know that I was going back. So I said, I'm not going to get killed. I trust that I'm... Uh, and maybe it was not my destiny to be a world champion. And I had a wonderful life, a great life after the, the motor racing. So I was one of the uh, the people that had a chance to do both. So I, I cannot say that I had a better life. I mean... What people say, it doesn't bother me. What people say, if they think I'm a bad driver, I'm a good driver, I'm a good person, that's what is important for me. Well, it's great. You can say the, the positives out of that. And thanks very much for uh, accepting my invitation to tell the stories. It's always it's always fascinating to understand a little bit more, and hopefully those listening uh, will uh, look a bit more favourably. And the thing I always say that you know, the difference between the best and the and the worst driver on the grid is is tiny. They're all phenomenally phenomenally good. So anybody who can race competitively in Formula 1 as a, a huge amount of ability and dedication. I think that's the important thing. So thanks very much for your time and thanks also Lito Cavalcanti for your insight. So please check out autosport.com for all the news on Formula 1 and the rest of the world of motorsport, our plus subscriber area for all sorts of in-depth features from the world's best motorsport journalists. Check out Sister Title, F1 Racing Magazine, out monthly at motorsport.com. And if you fancy a flutter, download the Pit Stop Betting app. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back soon with another Autosport podcast. Music is 6am by Trilo, written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com forward slash Trilo Music. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.